You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. Well, it's Wednesday here in the Farm Bureau studios. I'm Charlie Winfield. He's Bart Gregory. Why are we here doing a deep dig on a Wednesday? It's because somebody, somewhere along the way, decided that this game was so important that all the good people eating turkey on a Thursday should have to stay up and finish their day watching this. Bart, I don't like it, but here we are. Okay, I was wondering, I was actually going to ask you that question, if you're Team Thanksgiving or not Team Thanksgiving. I am not. It's good for an occasional deal, maybe on a lark, but let's get our holiday back. We work too hard in this country. Let's give thanks and not go into the day knowing if we're going to be thankful or not. Because I'll tell you, you finish this day with a loss, I'm not thankful for much of anything. (laughs) Well, there are positives and negatives. If you win this game, you've got an entire weekend of really good football that you can watch, and you're just excited about it because you won on Thursday night. Now, you lose this game, and you don't care about anything else the rest of the weekend. No, not at all. And – I get you know. I guess I should be fair. I'm not a big Thanksgiving guy anyway. I don't particularly care for ham. I certainly don't care for turkey. You know, the only legitimate use of turkey is in a club sandwich, and even then, you're better off going with a chicken club, which has no turkey anyway. So I think it is a a bit of a second rate holiday with second rate food. But You know, I guess if we were to rank the holidays, it's not that far down the list that we shouldn't observe it, and playing football just messes things up for me. So what you're saying is you're just not thankful. I am thankful. I will not know, however, until about 10 o'clock tomorrow night the degree to which I am thankful. Well, I'm with you. I think turkey, when you start thinking about all the proteins and all the meats, I think turkey rates toward the bottom. I think turkey is very overrated. I don't even like a turkey sandwich. I like a fried turkey. Sometimes I like a smoked turkey, but just the regular old put it in the oven. Eh, Of course, dressing has to be with cornbread base, but I'm just, I'm with you, Charlie. I'm not a huge Thanksgiving type of guy. And I think a lot of that has to do with we've always been on the road, it seems like, for Thanksgiving. You know, last year I was in the Bahamas, and it seemed like every year with women's basketball and men's basketball that you always play a tournament around Thanksgiving. And so you're always on the road. And so Thanksgiving is usually in a hotel. Thanksgiving one year, coming back from Maui, was at the McDonald's in Douglasville, Georgia, with Baxter Price. Well, I can't think of a place that I would rather celebrate than with Baxter Price at a McDonald's in Douglasville, Georgia. All right, that's probably enough about food. By the way, get your cranberry sauce out of the can, not homemade. But let's uh, talk about this football game. Bart, it's a... We say this every year. One of the most important Egg Bowls ever. It's not that, but it is important for this Mississippi State fan base. What's your opening thoughts? Well, my opening thought is, is yeah, it is important. I think it's more important than it was last year. Well, I say that. Then I want to go back and preface it by saying, when you lose two in a row, you don't want to lose three in a row. I think that's the big thing. 
but you also want to hold serve at home because the home team has been very good in this series over the last 15 years. You know, when when I look at this series, Charlie, and I think back to back when I was a kid and all the Ole Miss State games were in Jackson, and I never went to those games. But when I, I first started going back to going to State Ole Miss games, when it got back to campus, and I, I remember 1991, uh, being there when uh, when we won in 1991, the first time it came back to campus. I remember being in Oxford in 1994 when Kevin Bowie and Michael Davis just went off. I remember 1998 when Tim Nelson picked off that pass and J.J. went over the top and we won the SEC West in Oxford. And so th- there have been so many great memories for me from this game, not a whole lot of great memories when we lost, but there have been a lot of great memories for me. Yeah, there are a lot of great memories. I think back to the comeback, the Robert Bean, C.J. Sermons, Eugene Clinton, Scott Westerfield game. That obviously is a big one. There's some bad memories, too. We like to talk, and I'm guilty of this, too, as if there is now a newfound monopoly on bad officiating in the SEC. But it was bad in 1981 when we were called for pass interference in the Egg Bowl. We like to think that maybe we're just more unlucky now But, I mean, how many games have ever been lost by a kick that was going to split the uprights being blown back and almost hitting your kicker in the head? There have been a lot of strange, strange things happen in this football game. But I think I was listening to sports talk radio this morning, reading some of the message boards, and I I am not picking Mississippi. I'm not about to say, hey, I'm picking us to win. I'm not guaranteeing a win. I don't mean it like this. But I think some of the attention that's being paid to this Ole Miss football team is overblown. I mean, we've got people treating them like it's the 72 Dolphins or the 85 Bears. But so I went and I looked. Let's take our common opponents. We played six teams identical to each other, meaning we both play Kentucky, Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M, Alabama, and Arkansas. You start to look at those games. We're both 3-3. Three and three. The average score in their games has them losing 29-33. to The average score in our games is a 27-27 tie. People say, but they're more dynamic offensively. They're more high-powered offensively. In the SEC, they're fourth in scoring, we're fifth. They say, well, their defense is good. Well, well, they're sixth in scoring defense, we're seventh. And then I want to propose one other thing to you, Bart. What did we say when this season started? The difference – in us this year versus last year is Vanderbilt and Georgia. All right, They got Vandy, we got Georgia. Take those games out. Take the scoring out of those games, and everything I just told you flips. Now we score more points a game. Now we give up fewer points a game. And so I say all that to say this. There isn't that much difference in these two teams. The styles are different. The personalities are different. The narrative is certainly different. But at the end of the day, I don't think the gap is what people believe. And if I were trying to convince people that Mississippi State was going to win this football game, and I'm not, what I'd say is Ole Miss has lost three of the last four it's played. Everything that they are doing basically is worse in the second half of the year than the first. They're not even punting as well. They're not kicking it off as well. They go from games where they're putting seven out of eight into the end zone to zero out of six. So I say all that to say, This is not an unwinnable football game. They're at home. We're on the road. That's a problem. But then again, what's Lane Kiffin going to do? How is that a problem? I mean, how many times have we talked about it? Things weren't great for us when Dan was job shopping, 
And no matter how many cryptic comments people want to make in the media, Lane Kiffin is job shopping. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is everybody around it and everybody around knows it. I mean, even when Dan was doing it, you knew. I mean, you knew in those years where you didn't play well. And it's it's crazy to say this. You look back at 2015, riding the coattails of Dak and trying to look to get out of here and look at how you played in that game early on or the, that, that entire game. 2016, you know, we were just – Dan was trying to keep his job. I mean, we had to win that game to go 5-7. and seven. And we coached that game and played that game hard. And then in 2017, it's all documented. We all know that he had a foot out the door. And look at how you played that night. Now, I think a lot of that night had to do with Nick Fitzgerald going down early. I think we win that football game going away if Nick Fitzgerald doesn't get hurt. But when he got hurt, the balloon popped. And you kind of wonder what the mindset is going to be for the Ole Miss players, the Ole Miss fans, and everybody associated with it if we can come out tomorrow night and do something positive early. Well, I just think you hit the the nail on the head there. Positive early is going to be really big in this football game. Arkansas came out last week, and in the final numbers, and in the game when it mattered, they really roughed Ole Miss up, but they did it early. I don't think this is a game where Mississippi State can come out and wait to the third quarter for its offense to try to get on track. I think it's got to move the ball early. It's got to move it often. And the other thing I'd say about that, too, is people have this idea after watching that Arkansas game, man, we ought to be running the football. But let me tell you, Texas A&M threw it all over the field against these guys. Their defense isn't great. So if we don't perform well offensively tomorrow, I don't think the excuse can be, man, that Ole Miss defense is really good against the pass. I don't know they're really good against much of anything. Well, the one thing that worries me is you look at the forecast. And what's, a, what's the forecast going to be like during the game? You know, about 6.30 tomorrow night, 7 o'clock tomorrow night. How much rain will it be? How much wind will it be? And how will that affect us? To me, that's the wild card. I think on a dry field, I actually kind of think I like this matchup. On a wet field, I really don't know. I've always felt like a wet environment favors the running team. Now, when we talk to Matt Wyatt, he says that, it's more of a wind issue than a water issue. You know, when you talk to him, he says basically with the gloves guys wear uh, a quarterback who's got decent-sized hands, you can handle a football when it's wet. But wind is what I think really concerns me as much as, as the moisture. Yeah, and going back to what you said a while ago, if you'd asked me this a month ago, how I felt about this game, and I think a lot of it had to do with the contrarian side of me. I don't. I try not to be glass half empty, but sometimes I get that way. And when we lost to Kentucky and they're playing well, their offense has kind of gotten going, I'm sitting there going, man, how are we going to win in Oxford? But as you get closer to the game, you really start diving into the game itself. Here's the difference to me in the two teams. We have to do a lot of things right, and then we can have one thing go wrong, and it kind of throws you off with your offense. Because I think with this offense, you have to be clean. You have to be precision-wise very good down the field. The difference is Ole Miss can look lethargic and terrible in six plays, and then it just takes one. To me, that's the difference in how the teams score. And that's what kind of worries you about the game going in. And it worries every team that Ole Miss plays. Because for five or six plays, you're sitting there going, man, they can't block. They're not any good. And it just takes that one play, that one play action, or, you know, Judkins or Zach Evans finding a scene. 
So doesn't that really tell the story of this game? Aren't we most likely to be sitting here Friday morning on a special Friday morning coffee saying that Ole Miss had big plays? Don't you feel like that's the difference between these two teams more than anything else is just kind of an explosiveness factor, a chunk play factor? They are much more likely, it seems to me, to be the team that has a 40-yard play, a 50-yard play, than we are. Isn't that what scares you the most about them is that you defend well on first, you defend well on second, and now it's third and eight, and they rip one off for 34 yards. Absolutely. Because if you look at the numbers, they have not been very good in the red zone. They've been good 20 to 20 or scoring on big plays. Conversely for us, is when we get into the red zone, we're one of the top teams in the country. And so I don't know if it's just the feel, the confidence you get as an offense, but they have not been good if inside – you know, inside the 20, inside the red zone. And so, to me, that's the whole thing is are we sitting here Friday morning talking about big plays? If we're not talking about big plays, I think we're really happy. If we're talking about big plays, eh, it's not going to be a good Friday morning. And to just put a little bit of a face on that, 20-yard plays or more this year, Ole Miss has 78. We have 45. You know, what was it we just said, too? I said they were twice as likely to have a 30-yard play than us. That's right on the number, actually. 33 over 30 yards this year for them, 17 for us. And so it's an explosive team, but it's one you're going to have to defend, I say three downs, maybe even four. But in any event, with all that behind us, this is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig, normally brought to you on a Friday, brought to you here on Wednesday this week. Tracks Plus... I talked last week about what Bart Gregory can do to a chicken wing at Two Brothers. That's what Trax Plus can do to your forestry. Yeah, Trax Plus down with five locations. We talk about the original location in Hickory, Mississippi on the I-20 exit. The new and used equipment that you can buy there in the forestry world, or if you were looking for an excavator, a mini excavator, if you're looking for a tractor, Massey Ferguson tractors now and implements down at that uh, Hickory location. Summit, Mississippi, between Starkville and Columbus, Alexandria, Louisiana, and now in Bessemer, Alabama. And so if you're in the market for newer used equipment, if you need to just rent something for the weekend, they'll find you something to rent for the weekend if you know what you're doing. And so talk to our good friends at uh, Trax Plus, uh, Chris Williams and that group, man, just continues to grow because their customer service has been fantastic. And go to TraxPlus.com. All right, Bart, with that, why don't you take us off into our traditional first thing we look at, three numbers that you think are going to be important in this game. All right, I've had success this year. Walking bully will be excited. I'm going low to high. I'll take nothing by chance this week. Anything that's worked this year, I'm staying with it, so I'm going low to high today. And my first number is 15. 15, the number of pressures we need to get on Jackson Dart in this game. When you look at Ole Miss and the pressures that they've given up, a lot have come in the last four games. They gave up 15 pressures against Arkansas, 13 against Bama, 12 against A&M, but 19 against LSU. They had the same problems with LSU that we had. Now, conversely for us, we had 16 pressures on defense last week, only eight against Georgia, but 16 against Auburn, 20 against Bama. We've uh, They've given up eight sacks in the last four games. Jackson Dart has not been as comfortable over the last four games because he has had to deal with pressure. I'm just asking for what we've done. We've averaged 15 pressures a game the last four games. 
We need 15 pressures in this game on Thursday night. My only question is going to be whether we have an opportunity to get 15 pressures because I don't know how much Ole Miss is going to throw the football. I just have a feeling. Now, this is a team in Mississippi State. We've been pretty good against the run at times. We were very good against the run at Alabama. So we can stop a running game, but if it's raining and if it's wet, and if you got a guy like Judkins back there, and you got a guy like Zach Evans back there, and what do we know about Mississippi State this year? A mobile quarterback has caused us trouble. So my question is, how many opportunities are we even going to have to get those pressures? Well, to me, the whole question is, is how are we going to defend against Ole Miss? When you look at the last four games, it's really intriguing. Looking back to LSU, LSU got 19 pressures and blitzed only five times. You look at A&M, A&M got 12 pressures. They only blitzed Ole Miss four times. Alabama only blitzed Ole Miss three times. And then last week against Arkansas, Barry Odom in Arkansas blitzed Ole Miss 18 times in the game. Now, you get something and you give something. You got pressures out of the blitz. And what's interesting, last week out of the blitz, Jackson Dart was 11 of 15 for 180 yards. But non-blitz, he was only 10 for 21, and that was it. And you kind of wonder if Ole Miss gets all those run yards last week simply because – Arkansas was selling out, and they were coming to the line of scrimmage with blitz packages. To me, that's going to be very interesting to see what Zach Arnett wants to do. Do you sit back and let Jackson Dart have time to throw the football, or do you bring some pressure? But if you bring pressure, you give Judkins and you give Zach Evans a chance to split one and hit hit some uh, long runs. Well, coverage is a lot easier when your three down guys up front can get something done without you having to bring extra guys. So – I guess we'll see early how that goes, but what's your second number? All right, second number, and that's 30, and it kind of goes along that number. Where Jackson Dart has been pretty good in the last four games, four or five games, is he's had the ability to run the football and scrambles. He has scrambled a lot more in the last three games. He's scrambled 29 times this year, and that's when he's gotten flushed from the pocket and he's decided to run with it, not a design run. But 18 of his 29 scrambles have come in the last three games. So they have gotten him out of the pocket, and they have gotten him outside of his comfort zone. Now, he's got happy feet right now. Against A&M, he had 91 yards rushing. He had 12 yards rushing against Bama. He had 48 yards rushing last week against Arkansas. I'm saying we need to keep Jackson Dart to a maximum of 30 yards on scramble plays. Couldn't agree more. I think that's dead on. All right, third number. Third number is 120, and that's the number of rushing yards we have to have in this game. When we were rushing the ball well, Arkansas, A&M, and we really haven't been healthy since that time running the football. But we had 144 against A&M, 179 against Arkansas. We averaged six yards a carry against A&M, 4.7 against Arkansas. Listen, Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night's going to be one of those nights we're going to have to run the football. I think you have to. Five yards a carry, you run it 24 times, that's 120 yards. I'm saying we have to have a minimum of 120 yards rushing in this game to open up the passing game. And a big key to getting that, I don't know whether Dylan Johnson will play or not. I have zero information. If he does, I feel better about being able to make that number. And that's not a knock on Woody Marks, but we ask our running backs to do a lot. 
They have to block. They have to pick up blitzes. They got to catch the ball. Asking them to do all that and run it too, putting that on one guy could be really tough. I think Dylan Johnson being healthy and ready to go is, is a big key. Yeah, and I think that's why Arkansas threw the ball well last week is because they did both things. K.J. Jefferson is not known as a passing quarterback, but he didn't have just a few incompletions last week, and the reason he had those incompletions is because Ole Miss had to come up with that run uh, run defense. All right, Charlie, what's your three numbers? All right, I've got to get on team low to high. Mine is this, two plays over 30 yards. I know that I'm asking a lot because this is a team in Ole Miss that puts up more than that on average. I think the way that we can win this football game is to force them to try to sustain drives. This is a team that feasts on big plays. They're going to have their 10-yard chunk plays. They're going to have their 15s and their 20s. I just don't think you can allow big plays over the top of your defense, big breakaway runs, and have a, a chance to win this football game. I thought about going three on this number, but I'm going to go two because I think we're the underdog here, and I think we're going to have to play a little above our weight class, two plays over 30 yards. Yeah, I mean, when you start looking at their scoring drives, they don't have just a ton of scoring drives that are in the double digits. They have a lot of big plays this season, and that's going back to what we said a minute ago. If Ole Miss scores a bunch, it's going to be because we gave up some big plays. And again, that number might be a little bit low. Maybe you can get away with three. I just don't think you can let Ole Miss rack up there. My next number is five. That's how many touchdowns I think it's going to take to win this game. If you look at Ole Miss's scoring this year, particularly later in the season, they're not putting up the huge offensive numbers that people tend to associate. But this is a team that's going to score 30 points. I, I would just absolutely be floored. Maybe maybe we hold them to 28. Maybe we hold them to 31. But I would be surprised that if conditions are not just completely atrocious, if Ole Miss doesn't put 30 points on the board. And you say, well, they hadn't scored 30 their last two times out. Yeah, but one of those was against Alabama, who it took the final play of the game for us to get even a touchdown. And one was a road game against Arkansas, where despite having only 27 points, they put up 703 yards of offense. So, yeah, you could argue back and say, but, Charlie, they haven't scored in the 30s in the past four games except for once. That was A&M. They only scored 31. I just have the feeling that Ole Miss is going to score at least 31 tomorrow. I think we need five touchdowns to win. Yeah, I don't think you hold Ole Miss in the 20s. It's. I'll tell you this. If, if we come in here Friday morning and, and they scored in the 20s, hats off to Zach Arnett and just the, the way that we've matched up. Now, going back to it, does the weather – what does the weather do? That's that's a big thing there too. But, yeah, I agree with you, Charlie. I think this game, to me, is can we be better at stopping the Ole Miss run than they are stopping our passing game? To me, it's it's about the defenses and about holding, you know, holding what the other team does well. And so, yeah, nobody's been able to do it a whole lot. So, yeah, I think we need five touchdowns too. And I, I get, as I say that, the numbers can argue against me. This is a gut feel. If you look at Ole Miss's big output on offense this year, Central Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Auburn. So it's not like they're just ringing the register every week. Maybe I'm guilty of just watching it, the eye test, a little bit too much. But I think playing at home in a big game, you just have to count on needing five touchdowns to win. 
My third number is 100, and that is the number of yards rushing that Ole Miss can be allowed to have at halftime. This is a team that wants to run the football. It is a team that last week had two guys go over 200 yards. We cannot allow Ole Miss to come out and establish the run early. If they do, we're in big trouble. So I think we got to be really stingy against the run and dig in in the first half of play. They're going to have their yards. Hold them to 100 is my request. Well, and I think a lot of that too is, and I hate to bring up officiating, you brought it up earlier, but to me is how many holding calls or do you have any holding calls in the first half against Ole Miss in a run game? When you start looking at tape, and I everybody everybody holds, but in the run game, when you just look at their offensive line and you look at their wide receivers, they kind of lock you up a little bit. And so I think a lot of that has to do, and you're going to figure out real early in the game, you know what kind of uh, you know what kind of lanes are going to be created because they're reaching and grabbing and pulling guys to the side. All right, so that's a look at our three numbers. My numbers were two, five, and one hundred. Bart, what were yours again? Mine were fifteen, thirty, and one twenty. Fifteen pressures, thirty scramble yards, and then one hundred and twenty yards rushing is what we need. All right, I had two plays over thirty yards, five touchdowns scored, and holding. Mississippi to 100 yards rushing or fewer at halftime. So that's a look at our three numbers. Remind you that we are in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau agents in all 82 counties. Whether you like Ole Miss, whether you like Mississippi State, they can take care of you at Farm Bureau. We like the Mississippi State guys, but hey, appreciate the service that Farm Bureau provides either way. They're the guys that take care of you. They're the guys who are standing on the fence with you at high school football games they're the guys who if you've got a problem you can call them and get the attention you need so farm bureau bart so now let's talk about our two brothers two guys who can smoke you you'll take a look at two mississippi players and i'll do the same well i've always said that two brothers is a place that i mean i love their smoke wings and uh, i can eat just i can eat like an offensive lineman when I go to Two Brothers, I mean, you could if you put it in front of my face, I'm going to eat it because all the food is fantastic at Two Brothers. And here are two guys that are big-time offensive linemen for Ole Miss, big guys. But here's the thing I want to look at is there are two tackles, and that's Micah Pettis on the right side and then Jaden Williams on the left. I'm going to combine those guys into one, okay? those are my These are my offensive players. They're both freshmen. One's a redshirt freshman, the other's a freshman. This year, Pettis at right tackle has given up 19 pressures. 15 have come in the last four games. Jaden Williams, the left tackle, has given up 22 pressures this year. 16 of those 22 have come in the last four games. To me, the whole key is is can you get pressure from the outside because Ole Miss has given up some pressures from their tackles, and both of these guys are freshmen, and so Tyrus Wheat. Jordan Davis, man, these guys that lining up on that outside coming, to me, that's going to be a big key in this game is how we attack the Ole Miss tackles. All right, who's your second player or third player perhaps? I'm going to go with Judkins, the running back. Here's the thing about State and Ole Miss. I love Mississippi State to have my entire life. But sometimes you got to tip your cat to guys that are good, and that's Quinchon Judkins. Judkins, the freshman, has been outstanding in his freshman season. He rushed for 214 yards last week against Arkansas, 205 at Texas A&M. 
1,385 yards rushing, 16 touchdowns on the ground. The thing that he has done is, man, he can hit a seam in a hurry. Last week against Arkansas, though, 103 of his yards, half of his yards came after contact. He's a hard runner. Now, he put the ball on the ground one time last week and fumbled. He's only fumbled twice this year. But to me, the whole key, the whole game comes down to is what kind of night you have against the Ole Miss run game. And to me, it starts with Judkins, number four, their freshman running back. Yeah, Judkins one of those guys that I think people are going to have a lot of speculation about should Lane Kiffin leave. Anytime you're a big-time freshman, you're going to have options. I expect Judkins is going to have plenty of those. So that kind of leads me into one of my players, Bart. My player was another running back, number six, Zach Evans. A junior out of Houston, Texas. He'd been at TCU, transfers to Ole Miss. He's got a chance to be a 1,000-yard rusher of his own this season. He missed the LSU game, but look at what he has done a couple of other times. 130 against Troy. He went for 136 against Auburn. That Auburn game, by the way, Judkins, 139, Evans, 136. He actually outrushed him against Georgia Tech, 134 to 98. But then last week, Judkins, 214 yards, Evans, 207. Sometimes in basketball, we talk about, you know their leading scorer is going to get his points. What you don't want is that other guy having the big game that other guy coming out of nowhere. To me, Zach Evans, one of the guys you really have to watch because if he has a big game, you know things are really going well for Ole Miss. Yeah, and the thing, too, is how they complement each other as far as Jenkins and Evans. When one guy gets a little tired, a little winded, the next guy can hit the hole hard, too. And so you cannot take any plays off whatsoever in the run game. Mother guys, A.J. Finley, a safety defensive back out of Mobile. He'll wear number 21. When you start to look at where they play Finley, they'll put him down in the box to defend the run some. They also will play him back at free safety. But as much as anything, he's going to play basically the corner on the slot. So the slot corner position defensively. He had a really rough game against LSU. Had a tough game against Tulsa. But otherwise, and even last week, he's been good. He's been a good tackler save for the LSU game. He's been good in run defense. And the other thing that he does is he's one of those guys, a lot of times you see tackles by safety, and that can be a bad thing. It's one of those things where a guy's making a play 20 yards down the field. Finley's one of those guys who can come up and just make a stop. He's one of those guys that can come up from safety and shut you down in a hurry. And even though Ole Miss hasn't been playing great over the past four weeks, He's only missed two tackles in that period of time. A.J. Finley, the guy to watch out in the secondary for Ole Miss. All right, Bart, so normally about this time, we'd go to kind of one other thing, and you'd start telling me something about the local community, some oddity that relates to the opposing school, or perhaps some road that we have to traverse to get from here to there. I'm interested to see where you take us today on your one more thing. Well, Charlie, here's the thing about my one big thing this week is in the one big thing brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. They have multiple good things with their line of Country Pleasing Sausage. they got the Country Meat Packers down there in Florence, Mississippi, Mississippi-made product. 
I went back and forth this week, and I'm going to cop out. I'm I'm going to I am going to cop out because there's nothing good I can say. Not a thing in the world that I can come up with to try to be funny in any way. I've got nothing for you. I've got nothing positive to say because I just I want to win this football game because I don't like them. I thought maybe we would get something from you like the movie The Blind Side was like a bunch of self-aggrandizing Hollywood cinema that bore little relationship to fact or maybe some shots at Susan Aiken who was Miss America back in the 80s. I was expecting something out of you, and I expected it to start with something along the lines of, I mean, no disrespect whatsoever, or I'm not saying this in a negative way at all. And then I expected maybe Sean Tui or Leanne Tui or even your friend Richard Cross maybe to be in the line of fire. But it sounds like today what you're saying is, I'm just going to set it all aside. It's just about winning a football game. I mean, we didn't even get a shot at William Faulkner out of you. Of course, you never read much Faulkner, did you? No, I thought he was a poor writer. I mean, if you if you read, really, really read Faulkner, it's not any good. So, Charlie, no, I, here's what I learned, and I talked about this last week. Here's what I learned. As growing up and getting older has done to me, I have learned to talk trash not before the game, but only after the game if we win. Well, I would say that is a pretty good policy to have. I don't have much to add about the school, the place, or anything else, and I mean no disrespect whatsoever, as you might say. I will say this. I think this is an important football game, and unlike some, I'm not going to write this off and say it's not a winnable football game. It is a winnable game, and we should go up there. We should play well, and we should win. Does that mean we will? No. I mean, look, we're an underdog in this game for a reason. But we're not an eight-point underdog. We're not a two-touchdown underdog. I have the belief, unlike some, I think some people look at Mike Leach and see him on the sidelines and say the guy doesn't care. But what they're not hearing is what's coming out of his mouth. The guy does care. The guy wants to win. The players want to win. I think this game, though, is going to come down to something that isn't about effort, desire, want to. I think this game is going to come down to mistakes it's going to come down to you hold on to the football and do they it's going to come down to can you control your emotions or can they if anybody's had an emotional week this year you would think it would be them there's been a lot of uncertainty and you know the guys talk the idea that the players don't know what's going on that's just crazy they talk about it as much as anybody so all that is to say when I come in here on Friday if we've lost there are going to be no excuses on my part I think we have a chance to go win when we need to go do that. Yep, no no excuses, no excuses, just results. That's what we're looking for. And Harper Lee was better than William Faulkner. I always felt like Faulkner was the guy that if you wanted to go to parties back in the day and try to impress people that you were somehow especially refined or cultured, you could just throw out a few Faulkner references as if he were something great. But I view writing a little bit like painting. You know, you can go to the museum, and there's just some stuff thrown on a piece of canvas, and you name it Destruction of Bulgaria or something like that, and all of a sudden people are looking for deep meanings. That's kind of how I view Faulkner. Faulkner is great because we were told he was great. Let me tell you this. Our good friend Steve Robertson is better than William Faulkner. All right, so that's our Friday deep dig. I'm not sure I want to step on that one. Uh, you talk about being put in a box where I can't go right or wrong. 
I think, Bart, I'll just let you stand alone on that one. I will say this. If you go to the square in Oxford, they've got Faulkner sitting on a park bench. We'll put you in charge of the bench down by the courthouse with your good friend and host sitting there waiting for you to take a picture. In any event, Bart, that is our Friday deep dig. Anything before we go? No, I think I just shot the, the biggest shot I can shoot. Yeah, when you bank it in from half court, don't come back out looking for another. All right, guys, we'll be back on Friday. We will have our Friday coffee this week. Stay safe to those who are traveling, and uh, whoever's going to Oxford, lock the doors. Nobody gets out until we've won. See you on Friday.